Good morning, good day, good evening. This is DJ Sparza on Radio Sport at radiosport.online. This is Daily Sports News on the 28th of June 2021. event going on at the moment Euro 2020 in Europe NBA and NHL and uh, some golfing events as well Formula One Grand Prix in 
Austria. We get we can get tired, but uh, we dare not fall asleep because just uh, there's so much excitement around sports these days. So uh, we will continue. Let's start our review of, from the weekend's action with Euro 2020. This is uh, the time when the uh, the knockout phase has started already on Saturday at 18 hours CET. Wales were playing against Denmark in Amsterdam of all places. That's strange because uh, Denmark seems to be the host and uh, they played their games before in Copenhagen. Uh, the Netherlands uh, are also a host and then uh, they were playing their games in Amsterdam but uh, in the knockout phase uh, it's Denmark who traveled to Amsterdam and it's in the Netherlands who traveled to Budapest. Uh, this is weird. This is the way how, how it's been set up by the UEFA but we don't understand it other than then they want people to travel around Europe in COVID-19 driven countries. So Denmark versus Wales in Amsterdam. Uh, probably this is uh, the reason why the Danish coach put in the starting lineup uh, Kasper Dolberg because Kasper Dolberg played for Ajax before he moved to Nice so he knows uh, every part of the Amsterdam Ajax pitch uh, and therefore uh, he was uh, hoping that Casper uh, Dolberg would provide him with the performance he needed. Wales started the game pretty well uh, they were in the attacking mood and they have got players uh, behind uh, their plans because Gareth Bale, uh, Real Madrid, now Tottenham, is obviously a big star of that team. But there are others, Ben Davis of Tottenham, there is Aaron Ramsey of Inter. There are players who can play uh, in the Wales uh, lineup. But uh, that uh, uh, that entertainment that uh, Wales provided early on uh, soon subsided and Denmark it went into work and it's indeed Kasper Dolberg this is the guy Ajax man who provided the spark for Denmark in the 27th minute he scored a very nicely taken goal one goal to nil for Denmark and Wales started crumbling almost immediately especially right after half time one of the Wales Welsh defenders pretty much set up the second goal of Kasper Dolberg and in the 48th minute it was Denmark to Wales nil. Then frustration followed. Gareth Bale thought that during that counter-attack of Denmark that resulted in the goal for Denmark, one of his teammates was fouled and he kept complaining to the referee. Couldn't really concentrate on the game. Wales were never back in it. Denmark they continued their entertaining uh, entertaining game and uh, Joachim Mele who's got a, a very good tournament for himself scored in the 88th minute and then Martin Brathwaite uh, scored in the added time even though that goal was initially disallowed uh, for offside but uh, after VAR review the goal was reinstated four goals to nil for Denmark against Wales this uh, provided a, a a nice uh, reason for celebration for all the Danish fans who uh, were struggling uh, after this um, horrific incident uh, during the first game against Finland when Christian Eriksen fell to the ground with a cardiac arrest uh, and uh, he uh, recovered but uh, Denmark had to play the same evening like they had to continue to play against Finland they lost the first game uh, against Finland one goal to nil they, and then they, they played against Belgium they played better but still lost one goal to two. It, they looked almost out of the tournament uh, until they uh, entertained us all in their game against Russia when they beat the Russians four goals to one uh, and thus qualified for the knockout phase. 
Wales. We're expect, we expecting probably a little more uh, out of that journey, especially after success of 2016 when they managed to get into the final four. Uh, perhaps this was too much to ask this time, although they do have the talent. They do have players who play for the best teams uh, in Europe, or especially uh, in Premier League. Uh, Daniel Jones, uh, Liverpool, uh, uh, Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale, Ben Davis and others. But it was Denmark who were a better team, better organized, and they gave their fans a lot to cheer about. They obviously were supporting the Danish players. They were supporting Christian Eriksen with nice messages. Also, neutral fans in Amsterdam certainly were supporting Denmark and were displaying get well wishes to Christian Eriksen. As for Wales, Gareth Bale was uh, interviewed after the game and was immediately asked by a BBC reporter whether or not he was uh, going to retire right after this game, whether this was his last game for Wales. Uh, Gareth Bale didn't like the question. Uh, he left the interview immediately and never showed up again. Uh, later on, he clarified that he was planning to play uh, for Wales as long as he does play football. Uh, so uh, that's uh, just the question which was uh, insensitive right after this heartbreak uh, after a 4-0 loss to Denmark that he did not enjoy. Uh, similarly, uh, the uh, Welsh manager Robert Page said that the questioning was insensitive uh, and uh, Gareth Bale had every right to leave that interview and not respond to this type of questioning. So uh, Wales are out of it, Denmark are in, they will be playing in Baku uh, in the uh, quarterfinals. So uh, certainly that journey for uh, for Denmark continues. In the evening of Saturday, Italy took on uh, Austria at Wembley. Italy looked uh, really well after the group phase. They had uh, three games, uh, three wins. They have uh, won a number of games in succession. They haven't uh, conceded a goal in a number of games, so they were heavy favorites uh, to win against uh, Austria. But Austria were pretty well organized, even though in the group stage they were not really shining through, but uh, they were prepared. They were prepared for Italy and uh, Italian machines somehow did not uh, function that well uh, this time. Uh, and it was uh, the referee, the English referee, Taylor, who was uh, uh, not really uh, understanding what the Italians were doing, falling down and screaming for foul, whereas uh, nothing was uh, was in it. Uh, initially, uh, Taylor was giving uh, penalties, uh, was giving uh, free kicks to uh, Italy, uh, but uh, after a while... He understood that this is the way the Italians do things. Uh, so Ciro Immobile and uh, Lorenzo Insigne, uh, every time they would uh, just touched, they, they would fall down uh, screaming and uh, calling for a foul to be given. But uh, uh, afterwards, uh, Taylor was already wiser. He understood that this was just a tactics. Uh, Austria, on the other hand, they packed the midfield with uh, really good players. Leimer, Leiner, uh, the guys of similar names, but... Uh, they played similarly uh, similarly well. Uh, also, Schlager was playing well in the middle. Uh, so, uh, Austria were giving headaches to Italy. They couldn't really force the midfield or the defense. Uh, the, the goalie was playing well. And uh, it looked as if Austria might even uh, go up a goal when Arnautovic scored in the second half. But after a... Uh, a preci precise review by VAR. It turned out that uh, Arnautovic was about a foot offside, so that well, goal was not given. It would have been difficult for Italy to come back, especially uh, after Austria was uh, stronger and stronger and uh, well organized until the end. But uh, as it was, uh, the um, the um, regular time finished with a goalless draw. So we are going. In into extra time uh, and Mancini the coach of Italy uh, gave uh, uh, Federico Chiesa his first uh, uh, 
uh, appearance in the Euro 2020 and what appearance it was. The striker of Juventus first checked out what it was like being in the penalty box and checked uh, the uh, Austrian goalie. But the second time he was in the penalty box, he already uh, provided a nice strike towards the far corner of the goal and uh, Italy were one up. Matteo Pessina, another player who was called from uh, the reserve, uh, provided the second goal and Italy were leading by that time two goals to nil and it looked that uh, Austria were well beaten. But they were still fighting, they were still in the fighting spirit. Sasha Karajic who replaced Arnautovic in the, the extra time had a brilliant goal out of the corner. There was a, a pass from the corner and then a nice diving header of uh, Sasha Karajic and uh, the game was still very much interesting up to the very end. Uh, the Italians uh, had to uh, be very wary uh, about the Austrian attacks because it could have ended up with a draw and the penalties and then who knows what would have happened. So. Italy got through, but not without problems. Austria were well prepared for Italy. The Italians had Marco Verratti in the starting lineup. Mancini decided to have him in the middle rather than Locatelli of Sassuolo, who scored two goals in the previous games. Berardi and Ferrati did not really click that well as Locatelli with Berardi did, because they are obviously two players of Sassuolo. Uh, so Verratti was uh, then uh, replaced. Uh, so Italians are through to the next round, even though that machine didn't look uh, that uh, impressive as in the group stage when they pretty much dismantled every opposition possible. Maybe because they were playing at Wembley. They were not playing at Stadio Olimpico, which they know obviously much better. Uh, at Wembley, uh, the, the crowd was not as large as uh, in some other venues, especially Budapest but uh, we know that for semi-finals and finals we are expecting uh, 60,000 plus fans at Wembley the atmosphere will be totally uh, different this time there were a, a number of supporters of Italy and a number of supporters of Austria but uh, the atmosphere wasn't quite uh, there so the Italians uh, are through Mancini uh, could not be happy with that performance that they showed against Austria Austria are to be congratulated for the display for the preparation. They were well prepared for Italians, but this time around, Italy still had uh, too much quality uh, for Austria uh, to go through. So, uh, Italy is uh, through to the quarterfinals and uh, yesterday it was uh, the Netherlands uh, and the Czech Republic who were playing first at uh, 6pm CET and as I mentioned, the Netherlands had to travel to Budapest uh, for that game. Uh, so, the, the venue was a little closer for the Czechs who could travel by car possibly uh, and uh, uh, there were a number of Czech supporters at that stadium so the stadium was quite vibrant a lot has been happening obviously the Netherlands were heavy favorites but their record against Czech Republic is not that great uh, it seems that uh, the Netherlands who have won uh, so many different trophies and they were European champions as well uh, do not uh, possess a really good record against Czech Republic and it showed that uh, somehow uh, they are uh, not uh, not uh, well suited for the che for for the game against the Czech Republic. They were well organized, similarly to Austria, well organized in the middle. Uh, Holesch and uh, Barak were playing well, and Patrick Schick, who already scored three goals in this tournament, uh, he showed again uh, how dangerous striker he can be. The Netherlands were playing a good game, uh, but uh, couldn't really get through the defense. They didn't provide that many chances. And Vatsulik in the goal for Czech Republic was playing well, especially in the second half when uh, Memphis Depay got a through ball uh, to his teammate. And uh, he was one-on-one -on -one with Vatsulik. Vatsulik showed all his uh, skills and denied the Dutch striker. That was, uh, that was to be be 
a, uh, that turned out to be a pivotal moment of that game because just a few seconds later, uh, a through ball from Hollisch to Patrick Schick was met by Matthijs de Licht, uh, who is the uh, star of the, the Dutch defense playing for Juventus. But this time, Matthijs de Licht uh, slipped uh, and then made a, a, an absolutely awful decision uh, handling uh, the ball. Initially, the Russian referee gave a yellow card to Matthijs de Ligt, but then was alerted by VAR that this could have been a through ball when Patrick Schick could have been on one-on-one with Stekelenburg, the goalie of the Netherlands. So the Russian referee went to the screen. It was a good decision for him to do so. Some of the referees don't do that. They trust their instinct too much. But the Russian referee checked it and decided that this was an offense that deserved a red card. From then on, everything changed. The Dutch team, down to 10 men, couldn't really handle the Czech Republic attack and uh, from set pieces also they couldn't really defend well there was a nice setup uh, by the Czechs, a nice uh, pass uh, from free kick uh, and then uh, header to Holesh who uh, drove home from about uh, 10 yards a one goal to nil for the Czech Republic and the Netherlands down to 10 men couldn't really provide any clear chances for their own team uh, and uh, on the counter-attack, Hollish, this time uh, he, the scorer, uh, turned to be a provider uh, to Patrick Schick. Uh, a nice pack, nice pass to Patrick Schick and uh, two goals to nil for Czech Republic and the Netherlands were pretty much beaten. A big upset. The Netherlands looked a much stronger team in the group phase, but Czech Republic, who played well against Scotland, played well against Croatia as well, and only lost against England when their qualification was already secured, showed that they can prepare themselves for games like this and uh, were a better team. And when they uh, had an advantage uh, of uh, one more man in the field, they used it uh, and uh, they clinically uh, finished their own uh, chances. So Czech Republic uh, will be traveling to Azerbaijan for the game against Denmark and they are not without the chances to qualify even for the semi-final. It's going to be Denmark against a Czech Republic in the quarterfinals of Euro 2020. And then last night at 9 p.m. Central Eastern Time, we were supposed to be getting the dessert, which is the game between Belgium and Portugal. Belgium, who won their group comprehensively by beating Russia, Finland and Denmark in succession. They were playing against Portugal, the current, the reigning champions of 2016. But Portugal were playing in the group of death against France, Germany and only just managed to qualify in the third spot so that made them to play against Belgium. So Belgium were playing against Portugal in Seville. The pitch wasn't that good. They were already complaining. The Spaniards were already complaining about that pitch in the first game and in the second game as well. The pitch wasn't that good but the referee was worst, I think. The referee, the Thomas Brich of Germany, uh, he just couldn't handle the game. There was a, a lot of challenges, a lot of tackles. Uh, he played advantage, but then did not go back to the incidents, did not penalize Palinha, the midfielder of Portugal, who challenged uh, De Bruyne initially in the first half. And then in the second half, because he wasn't given a yellow card, he challenged him again, which made uh, Kevin De Bruyne leave the pitch. He couldn't continue after that challenge. Uh, the players saw that. They saw that Thomas Brick was playing advantage but was not going back to the situations and did not uh, penalize the players who were challenging, tackling really hard, founding their opponents. And uh, uh, that uh, uh, game got really, really ugly. Uh, Pepe was uh, challenging uh, Lukaku. He was uh, fighting back. There was just so many fouls in a game that was supposed to be a display of a technical football. Ball. 
the game was decided by a goal from uh, Torgan Azar, the brother of Eden Azar of Real Madrid. Torgan plays for uh, Borussia Dortmund and in the 42nd minute he sent a driving shot moving away from uh, from. Uh, Patricio, Rui Patricio, and uh, he couldn't defend that shot. Uh, he, could, he could have done better, I think, uh, the uh, goalie of Portugal, but uh, he, remember, he's not that tall, and that ball was moving away and was driven really hard. Uh, one goal to nil for Belgium. In the second half, Portugal were a little more entertaining, a little more uh, industrious, but uh, it couldn't really provide some clear chances. Then the, uh, the coach of Portugal brought in Joao Felix and Bruno Fernandes who were supposed to be giving that creativity in front of the goal and and they almost did especially Joao Felix had some chances some real clear chances uh, to go uh, ahead for uh, for uh, uh, Portugal but it wasn't to be so uh, it is Belgium with the single goal of Torgan Azard who are through to the quarterfinals and they will face Italy. But uh, will they be able to field the strongest team? Uh, it's uh, doubtful because we don't know the extent of injuries for Kevin De Bruyne or Eden Azar who had to leave the pitch uh, after about an hour of uh, the game against uh, Portugal. Uh, for Cristiano Ronaldo it's been a, a wonderful uh, championships. He's scored five goals but couldn't really uh, provide anything uh, for Portugal uh, last night. Uh, the defense of Belgium wasn't impregnable but uh, uh, for some reason uh, Portugal couldn't really uh, score. It was Renato Sanchez who uh, usually plays well in the Euro Championships who provided the most of the uh, attacking force for Portugal but they couldn't really convert uh, anything. So Belgium uh, winning one goal to nil against Portugal at the cost of losing uh, Kevin De Bruyne and also losing uh, perhaps Eden Hazard will now be playing Italy and they probably will not be favourites especially if their uh, lineup is uh, so depleted although uh, while they they uh, had injuries uh, to Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne they still managed to get on the field someone like Carrasco who has got uh, a season of his life for Atletico and uh, uh, one couldn't really argue that this is making this side uh, weak so we'll see how that develops. We'll see how uh, the uh, uh, championships continue for Belgium. Uh, as uh, for the uh, next games, we have got some uh, nice games uh, today. Uh, Croatia is playing against Spain at 6 p.m. Uh, Central European time. And then France is taking on uh, Switzerland at 9 p.m. But uh, last night, yesterday, belonged to Czech Republic. They really provided the upset of the tournament so far by eliminating the heavily favored uh, Dutch team. So we'll have a song by, uh, by a band called Low. The song is titled, titled Fear. This is something that the Czech uh, Republic team did not show. They played really well and without fear uh, against the Dutch team.
no fear for Czech Republic players who defeated the Netherlands in the knockout phase and they qualified to the quarterfinals of the Euro 2020. This was the second weekend already in succession in Formula One racing. Uh, a week ago we had a competition in the Grand Prix of France. Now the competition moved to uh, Austria the home track of Red Bull. So Max Verstappen and the team were favorites to win that Grand Prix because this is when they, where they practice. This is where they make their tests. So it wasn't a big surprise that in the qualifying Max Verstappen was in front. What was surprising was that Valtteri Bottas was quite fast and he actually got the second qualifying time only then to be demoted to the fifth place in the grid because of some irregularities uh, in the box in the, during the pit stop. Uh, so Valtteri Bottas had to uh, start from a place from position five. That moved Lewis Hamilton to place two, which meant we were going to have a repeat of Grand Prix of France when uh, on the first straight, on the first corner, Lewis Hamilton managed to overtake Max uh, Verstappen. This time, Max Verstappen was more vigilant. Uh, he had a nice start and did not give a chance to Lewis Hamilton to overtake him. He immediately took the middle of the track uh, and uh, proving it um, virtually impossible for Lewis Hamilton to overtake him at the first uh, corner. There was some activity and some clashes during that uh, first uh, first uh, straight and uh, the corner, uh, especially between uh, Pierre Gasly and uh, Charles Leclerc. Uh, these uh, drivers, youngsters who uh, like each other, they are friends, but on the track for some reason they got uh, a collision after collision. This time uh, also they collided on the first straight, on the first corner, uh, and uh, um, Michel and uh, Charles Leclerc had to go uh, to the pit to change tires, to change some uh, parts of his uh, Ferrari, whereas uh, uh, Pierre Gasly wasn't that lucky. Uh, his uh, race was pretty much over, uh, which is a shame because uh, Pierre Gasly uh, recently was in a really good form and uh, was giving uh, some points to Alpha Tauri week after week. Uh, for Max Verstappen, uh, he uh, was driving really well. Uh, they started on intermediate tyres, both Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen uh, and Valtteri Bottas and Sergio Perez as well. Uh, Sergio Perez was called first to the pit stop by his uh, um, by his Red Bull team, but uh, there was some issues with his uh, left rear tyre. They couldn't take it off, so the pit stop lasted uh, far longer than what they, uh, what they usually do. Usually the pit stop of Red Bull is about two seconds. This time it was about 4.7 seconds, which meant uh, that uh, the Mercedes teams tried to uh, use that chance for Valtteri Bottas to overtake uh, Sergio Perez. They sent him to the pit immediately. They changed the tires flawlessly and uh, Valtteri Bottas was in front of Sergio Perez after that change. Then, uh, after that initial hiccup, uh, Max Verstappen changed, changed his tyres without any problems. The, his pit stop lasted only two seconds, uh, as opposed to uh, 2.2 seconds of uh, Lewis Hamilton. So, uh, Max Verstappen maintained the advantage of about five, uh, four seconds against uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton. He, he drove pretty much a flawless uh, race uh, to, uh, until the very end of the Styrian uh, Grand Prix. Uh, as for Sergio Perez, uh, they were trying with Red Bull some tactics. They were changing uh, his tires to soft towards the end uh, to provide him some speed and perhaps first uh, get the fastest lap, but perhaps also give him a chance to overtake Valtteri Bottas. This did not work uh, in both cases because he uh, did not uh, overtake uh, Valtteri Bottas. It was probably uh, just uh, one or two laps more and he would have done it, uh, but uh, was unable 
unable to do so, whereas uh, Lewis Hamilton also changed his tires to soft and he got the fastest uh, lap, which obviously uh, gives a driver a one point, which is very important in that tight race for championships, both uh, for constructors and drivers. As it was, it's Max Verstappen who's leading still Lewis Hamilton 18 points in the drivers' championships uh, and in the constructor championship, it is Red Bull in front of Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton was complaining after the race that they need to do something because clearly Red Bull is faster than Mercedes on straights. Uh, certainly that rear wing is providing them advantage, but also uh, the Honda engines uh, seem to be really, really well performing this season. So uh, for them to change the um, the situation in the drivers and constructors championship Mercedes will have to, will have to do something dramatic whereas Red Bull still uh, keeps improving uh, their uh, car uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, got in the third place as I mentioned Sergio Perez fourth and McLaren's Nalando Norris was in the fifth uh, position this, this was already a, a number of uh, races that Lewis Hamilton now hasn't won it's uh, three in a row that he was wasn't able to win. This uh, uh, this uh, streak uh, is similar to the one that he had uh, towards the end of the 2017 season. But he already had the championship uh, already uh, secured. So no wonder that he wasn't winning at that time. And uh, that streak continued into the 2018 season. Now they'll have to do something uh, to change uh, their chances uh, because uh, and they will not have that much time because the next race is already next week uh, at the same track so we'll see uh, how the Mercedes respond because they usually do and they usually do that successfully uh, in other places uh, uh, Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc were 6th and 7th for Ferrari Lance Stroll was in 8th for Aston Martin Fernando Alonso came in 9th for uh, Alpine and Yuki Tsunoda in 10th for Alfa Tauri so it turns out that Alfa Tauri uh, had a car that could uh, get uh, a driver into points and it's a shame that Pierre Gasly uh, after this collision with uh, uh, Charles Leclerc couldn't really continue uh, his race so we'll be watching the space as to how Mercedes respond to uh, that win of Max Verstappen and Red Bull in their home track in Austria we'll have Große Preis von Österreich which is the Grand Prix for Austria uh, this uh, weekend this uh, weekend coming up uh, so we'll see uh, how Lewis uh, Hamilton and Mercedes respond to um Max Verstappen challenge but for the time being we now congratulate Max Verstappen uh, with the song by a Dutch uh, artist Kovacs the devil you know I remember my dreams With cigarette smoke, feeling all right The sky looked like black glitter Tonight you'll be a winner You said I do to the wrong side Fuck me up and now you play nice You got to know I burned your letter Where's for the better you You was a killer Thunder brings white light Callback's gonna be alright We used to be easy 
Max Verstappen and Red Bull made the bed beautifully. They can comfortably lie in it now. Let's move to NBA where the um, uh, conference finals are taking place. On Saturday, it was uh, Phoenix Suns uh, who beat uh, Los Angeles Clippers uh, in that game to go three games to one up uh, against their opponents from Los Angeles. And they now are one win away from going back to the uh, championships uh, for NBA first time, for the first time since 1993. It was Devin Booker who scored the most points for uh, Phoenix Suns, but he was challenged by Paul George, who is a, a, an older star. He nudged him at one point, which resulted in Devin Booker reacting and getting a technical foul. So that worked. Paul George scored himself 23.6 assists and 16 rebounds. Devin Booker wasn't really himself. 25 points, but no assists and just two rebounds. And he fouled out right before the end of the game. That game was really decided on a low percentage shooting for both teams. They couldn't really uh, shoot the basket uh, and it wasn't really the defense. It's just uh, something that uh, happens sometimes. It's uh, Phoenix Suns who won that game 84-80 to but it was Chris Paul who led them uh, to over the finish line. He provided the, the, the last points uh, from free throws. He also was best in the defense. He scored himself 18 points, had 7 uh, assists and uh, 4 uh, rebounds, but uh, it was uh, the lack of Ivica Zubac towards the end that uh, gave advantage to Phoenix Suns. Ivica Zubac played well for Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, he had 13 points and 14 rebounds, but uh, the coach, uh, for some reason, didn't put him in uh, towards the end, and it gave a free ride to DeAndre Ayton of Phoenix Suns, who had 22 rebounds, and some of them offensive rebounds, which gave advantage to Phoenix Suns. And uh, despite Reggie Jackson's display for Los Angeles Clippers, 20 points for him uh, is... uh Phoenix Suns will be traveling back to Phoenix and they can put uh, this uh, uh, Los Angeles Clippers team away, especially that they don't have uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, for the next uh, few games. So uh, is it going to be tonight? Because uh, on Monday night, uh, the game uh, five is being played uh, at uh, Phoenix. Phoenix Suns are playing against uh, uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, last night, though, it was the, uh, the matchup between 
between Milwaukee and Atlanta in the Eastern Conference Finals. Milwaukee split the two games in uh, in their games at home, so they traveled to uh, Atlanta. Uh, and Trey Young, the young star of Atlanta, was uh, on his uh, best performance again, although he uh, sprained his ankle uh, early on, had to leave uh, for the locker room. He returned. He scored 35 points, had uh, four assists, but no rebounds. Danilo uh, Garinari scored 18 points for Atlanta, but it was Janis uh, Anatokounmpo who played well initially. Uh, he had 33 points, uh, four assists, and 11 rebounds, but in the fourth quarter, it was Chris Middleton, the other star of Milwaukee Bucks, who gave uh, 20 points in the fourth quarter, 38 in total, uh, seven assists, 11 rebounds, and it's uh, Milwaukee Bucks who defeated Atlanta Hawks 113-102, to 102, and they have got the advantage of two games to one. So they pretty much brought back their home advantage. Now the fourth game will be played in Atlanta, but then they'll move back to Milwaukee Bucks. So uh, Milwaukee in a good position at the moment. Giannis Anatokounmpo, the Greek star of that team, will dedicate him a song, Zorba the Greek, for his Greek heritage.
Zorba the Greek played by Sertaki. The song we dedicate to Giannis Anetokounmpo, the Greek star basketball player who led Milwaukee Bucks to the win against Atlanta Hawks 113 to 102 and Milwaukee are now leading uh, their uh, a matchup between uh, matchup against Atlanta Hawks uh, two games uh, two one, uh, one hundred nine nineteen ninety three nineteen ninety three is the year when uh, Phoenix Suns were last in the finals of NBA, and nineteen ninety three was the year also when Montreal Canadiens were last in the uh, finals for uh, the Stanley Cup. They are now back in it, so perhaps uh, Phoenix Suns can follow. But who are the Montreal Canadiens going to play against in the in the uh, uh, Stanley Cup Finals? That was to be decided in Game Seven between New York Islanders and the defending champions uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. That game was played on Saturday, uh, and it is the defending champions that are going to the finals yet again. Uh, one goal to nil. One goal was all that uh, was required to defeat New York. Islanders. They shut out uh, Islanders in Game 7 and advanced to Cup, uh, Stanley Cup final. Vasilevsky in goal uh, for uh, Tampa Bay Lightning made, made 18 saves and it was Gord, uh, the winger of uh, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, who scored uh, shorthanded. Uh, they were playing advantage, uh, New York Islanders did, but uh, uh, on the counter-attack, Gord scored a goal uh, and that was the only goal uh, of that uh, game. Uh, it was Vasilevsky's uh, second shutout in three games and helped the Lightning return to the Stanley Cup final for a second straight season where the defending champions will face the Montreal Canadiens in Game 1, uh, which is going to take place at Tampa Bay on Monday. So tonight is uh, the game. Uh, the finals for the Stanley Cup are already starting. We've come such a long way. I've been with this group for a while. That's what Lightning coach John Cooper said it's so hard to win in this league but last year I just found we could win in different ways but in the end just the warrior mentality this group had and it was prevailed tonight after a really tough loss the other night in game six you just can't count, count them out they've just learned how to defend and again another masterful performance in the defensive zone to win a huge game seven for us so John Cooper uh, quite happy. Yanni Gord, who scored the shorthanded goal for the Lightning, uh, they, uh, he also said the last game we tried to defend in game six, and this game we attacked the whole way, the whole game. That's what uh, he said. Semyon Varwamov in goal for uh, uh, New York Islanders made 30 saves for the Islanders, who are trying to reach the cup final for the first time since 1984, but were eliminated by the Lightning in the third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs for a second straight season. Tampa Bay won the uh, 2020 Eastern Conference Final in six games. So this was uh, one game more, but still, it stinks getting back to this point and coming up short again, New York Center Matthew Barzal said. We've got guys like Josh Bailey and Andy Green, veteran guys. Being a young guy, I've got a few more years, but those guys, it's more for those guys. It hurts seeing those guys in the locker room afterwards just how close we were. So, it's Tampa Bay Lightning against Montreal Canadiens in the final. It's Tampa Bay Lightning who showed that you need you need a lot of power, you need a lot of energy to win in the NHL. The Chemical Brothers block rocking beats. The Tampa Bay Lightning dedicate that song to New York Islanders.
Chemical Brothers block rocking beats. Tampa Bay Lightning provided some block rocking beats to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. They'll play against Montreal Canadiens in that final starting tonight. Uh, the Champions League or the Nations League is over in volleyball. It was uh, Brazil versus Poland in the final. Poland were probably favorites to win that game, especially uh, after they beat uh, Brazil uh, in uh, the previous uh, World Championships uh, in both uh, uh, both championships, uh, both two championships. But Brazil were resilient, and in the first two sets uh, they, they were quite even. But uh, the next uh, two sets it was. Brazil on top, so they beat Poland three sets to one. Uh, but it is really the Olympics that uh, the Poland team is fighting for, and the uh, the fans are expecting uh, great things from the Polish teams in the Olympics. The expectations are really high. Uh, the Polish team they uh, they uh, got a medal uh, are in uh, five events in succession, so there will be uh, certainly favorites. Uh, as well as Brazil to win gold in the Olympics, uh, they will have to uh, have uh, have to carry this uh, these expectations, these uh, uh, expectations of Polish fans on their shoulders in the Olympics. And we've got a song for them, "Big Thief Shoulders," just to reflect that heavy burden that they will need to carry during the Olympics. Uh, "Big Thief Shoulders" for the Polish national team of volleyball. and shoulders will conclude our daily sports news on the 28th of June 2021 on Radio Sport at radiosport.online DJ Spatza says goodbye Thank you.